Awesome. Uh, hopefully you got Bibles. If you didn't bring your own Bible, we provided you with one. Notes are coming your way, or you already got them, it looks like. Pens are coming your way. If you didn't get one of those three things, just keep your hand up. Someone will bring it to you as soon as possible. We are on week three of our values series here at Trademark. Um, so at, at Trademark, for those of you who are new, welcome. We're so glad you're here. My Instagram's going crazy. Are you guys like doing stuff to it? Cool. Um, we're so glad you're here. Uh, my name is Gabe or Gabriel, depending on how formal you want to be. I'm one of the pastors here at MCA, and uh, we're so glad you're here. You're in the middle of our series on the things that we value, the things that we want to be known for, the things that we want to be famous for, specifically here at church. Uh, these aren't necessarily special things. Uh, these are things that we think all churches should, uh, that are follow Jesus Christ, that is, all churches that follow Jesus Christ should be known for, famous for, because it's straight from God's word and because it's all about Jesus. That's the big point. If you only get one thing tonight, know this, everything we do here is all about Jesus. Can we say that together on three? It's all about Jesus on three. One, two, three. It's all about Jesus. Thank you so much. All right, you got your Bibles. You can turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. When you're there, say, I'm there. And if you're not there yet, say, wait. Wait. Amen, brother. You're there. It, it's kind of cool. It gives, a, it gives super Christians a chance to brag, you know? Um, no, just kidding. That's right. <laughs> Luke Amen. chapter 19. And I'm going to share a few other verses, but this is our primary text tonight, so you can kind of just stay there, get comfortable there. Um, at Trademark, you're gonna, we, we gave you some notes. You can fill in the blanks as we go. We gave you some extra space on those notes because we think you got your own notes you want to take. Um, so I, I want to go over our four values or our four distinguishing marks, and you can fill these in as we go. Um, so our four distinguishing marks, I believe they're going to be on the screen. I can't remember what number one was. Number one is bold proclamation for Jesus. Bold proclamation for Jesus. So we did this week one, how, how the church and us as Christians, we need to boldly proclaim who Jesus is. We need to boldly proclaim the truth of Jesus. We need to boldly proclaim uh, the gospel, this book. We need to be people who are speaking this truth. We can't be people who just sit at home or who sit in our small little churches and keep all this amazing truth to ourselves. That would be messed up. Say, that's messed up. It's messed up. Um, it, we, we can't be those people. We have to be people who, who spread this amazing truth, who, who, tell, who tells the world and especially the people closest to us about Jesus. And, and here's how far I would take it, and, and I don't want to re-preach what I already preach, but I would go this far. If you're a Christian, if you know Jesus, and you have friends, that, that you, you, they're your close friends, or you have family members, people that you love, that you care for, who don't know Jesus. If you're not telling them about Jesus, you don't love them. You don't right. love them because you're not telling them the most important thing. You're not telling them about the truth of, of how their destiny will form, whether they'll spend eternity in hell or eternity with heaven. You're not loving them if you're not telling them this truth. You have to share that truth, especially with the people you love. And so we made a big push that week to say, hey, let's go for like the next two months. Let's just invite everyone. Um, let's leave no one untold, whether they're a Christian, they're not a Christian, they've been in church before, they, they hate church. It doesn't matter. Just invite them. Let's get them here so that they can hear the truth. 
And it's been going great, right? And we decided we'll throw in some two liters just for fun. Um, I do have way too many two liters in my fridge now. But other than that, it's been great. And so then last week, Adam preached, and he took us on um, to number two, authentic relationships around Jesus. Authentic relationships around Jesus. That, That what we're doing here should be the most honest place, the most open place, the, the most vulnerable place where you can be vulnerable, but you feel safe. That's not a place of gossip. That's not a place of tearing someone down because they have failures, but we realize that we all have failures, which is why we need a savior. And so when we come into this place, it's safe. When we come into this place, we're gonna hear the truth. It might be a, a hard truth. It might be a truth that doesn't make us feel good, but it's going to be in love. And as for your relationships here, the people that, that are your friends, that you're going to keep it safe, that you're not going to be someone who gossips, that you're going to be someone who's building up and not tearing down, that we are going to have real relationships. Unlike most relationships, which are fake and they're just a, a, a face, they're just a front, right? And you don't really know. It's funny because like, like for, for me and for, I think for many of you, you have a bunch of relationships, but not all of those go really deep. In fact, most of them don't go deep. That's right. Most of them are surface level. Probably most of your relationships, your friendships that you have, um, you, you see basically period zero through six. Maybe practice after school, right? And then that's it. And you have no idea what's going on 10 p.m. at their house. Yeah. You have no idea if their parents are abusive. You have no idea what they're dealing with. You have no idea how they're struggling. And then you see them the next day, 8 a.m., first period, and that's your relationship. We don't want to be that here. We want to go further. We want to be real. We want to look each other face to face, and we want to have conversations that reveal all that's going on, and we want to center that around Jesus and not our hurts, right. not, our, not around some self-help thing, but around Jesus. We good with that? Tonight, we're going to get into life transformation through Jesus. Life transformation through Jesus. And then... Next week, we're going to get into our fourth one, which is audacious faith, audacious faith in Jesus. Hope I didn't go too fast. Audacious faith in Jesus. Why don't you throw up that logo? Let me explain the logo. If you can throw that up real quick, Josh, you're awesome. So the logo is supposed to help us because it's all about Jesus, which is why we have Jesus written out here really big. And then the arrows kind of look crazy, so I have to explain it. Otherwise, it'll just look like crazy arrows. Um, We have week one, bold proclamation underlined for Jesus, authentic relationships around Jesus. Tonight, life transformation through Jesus. And then next week, audacious faith in Jesus. Does that make sense? Did I go too fast? Yep. There'll be a test. No, I'm just kidding. There's, there's no test, but uh, we drew that up on a napkin at Six Flags one time, and it's been our, our logo ever since. So tonight, life transformation through Jesus. And before we get into that, I have some, some pictures I want to show you that I think are just going to set up this whole thing. You're looking at me like you don't have them. Oh, we have them. These are before and after photos. Have you seen photos like this on the internet? Say yes. Okay, cool. Uh, so before and after photos, let me just put a few up here so you can see kind of where we're going tonight. We have a very, I, I mean, if my kitchen looked like that after, I'd be happy. Anyone else? Okay, uh, so that's the before, and then that's the after, and we all go, ooh, ah. Okay, let's see the next one. Oh. Oh. Is this, <laughs> I didn't pick any of these out, so <laughs> is this like drugs, not on drugs? 
Is this drugs, not on drugs? Drugs, not on drugs. Are we sure that was taken after? They're, okay, um, okay. Wow, okay, next one. What's the next one? Oh. Is that? I think I know that guy. That's not real? He's like, that's photoshopped. There's no way that guy was that big. Okay, um, before and after. Looking confident, Superman. That's me? Wow, okay, next one. Oh, yeah, leading the free world will really mess you up, you know what I mean? Four, four to eight years in the White House, if you just look at like all the presidents, if you're ever bored one day, just Google all the presidents, but when they get elected to when they're finally done, it's like, it's like they just went through cancer and ke- like, it's just like, whoa, must be the most stressful job in the world. He looks, he looks like he's ready to retire. Next one. Oh, that was just fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's just fun. Oh. <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay, do we have one more? Oh, yeah, we do. Oh, Adam. <laughs> That's Adam, um, he's, he's on staff here. This is Adam as a kid. <laughs> Did you have those cool glasses that got like, they got dark outside and then like, it, man. Wow, all right, is that it, is there more? You don't have one of me, right? Okay, good, okay. Whew. Okay. <laughs> so, so, we're going into life transformation. I just thought it'd be a fun way to kind of get us going in the right direction. But life transformation through Jesus. Here's the deal. Here at Trademark, at, at this church, we believe in and want to be known for life transformation through Jesus. We don't want people to come to our church for a length of time and leave and look worse or like nothing ever happened. We're expecting Jesus to change you, to transform you, because that's what he does. In fact, you can write that down. Jesus transforms lives. Jesus transforms lives. Jesus is in the business of changing lives. Jesus' church is in the business of changing lives. Trademark at one of our four things that we're trying to accomplish is to help people see Jesus because when they see Jesus, when they start a relationship with Jesus Christ, their life will be changed in amazing ways, in unpredictable ways, but in amazing ways because they've encountered Jesus and Jesus changes lives. Amen? Amen. Jesus changes lives. In Luke 19, we're going to read a story of a man whose life got changed when he met Jesus. His life changed when he met Jesus. I don't know where you are all at with your understanding of Jesus, your relationship with Jesus. I don't know where that you're at with that. But I think you can't be much worse than Zacchaeus was in this story. That's right. So, so let's just get into it. Ecle- or, I mean Ecclesiastes. You're in the right spot, not me. Luke chapter 19. Let me turn there. Luke chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 1. And you can follow along and you can just kind of live there. It, it said this. He, being Jesus, entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector 
and was rich. A chief tax collector and was rich. Let me break that down. We'll keep going. So let me break down what a, a tax collector is so you can learn a little bit about Zacchaeus. Because in this story, they kind of assume you know how bad he is just by those words. Um, so as a tax collector, um, you need to understand that he was a Jew, but he worked for the evil Roman Empire, and, uh, and so, which is the enemies of the Jews. And to get the job... To get the job, he would actually have to bid on the job. So, so say like your neighborhood needed a tax collector. I could go to the evil emperor or whatever, and I could say, hey, I will pay you so much money if you let me collect their taxes. And then I would go to door to door, and I need to make my money back. So say I said a million dollars, and in your 500 houses, I needed to make all my money back, but I still had to give your taxes to the government. So these tax collectors would go in, they would make some, some bid, and they would get the bid, which cost them money, but to make their money back, they would have to go and take it out of the people's pockets. So then he would go door to door and say, hey, you owe, let's just say, $10,000, but you actually only owed five, but he's the authority. And so he takes your $10,000, he gives five to the government, and he gives five to who? Himself. And everyone hates this guy. Of course everyone hates this guy. No one would like this guy right? He's stealing money and everyone knows it. Not only that, he's working with the enemy to betray his own people just for money. And so he's, he's a sellout. And worse, he, he, he made his income on all this and, uh, and he taxed um, his fellow Jews, but also Roman citizens. So even the Roman citizens didn't like him. Like no one liked this guy. He literally had no friends. So, so he would go to them and he would do all this stuff and then Luke says that he was wealthy. He was rich. So we know that he wasn't just taking a little bit, right? It'd be one thing if he was like a really nice, honest tax collector. Like, like hey, Christian, I got to take this plus this. But that's just the way it goes. I have to make my living. I'm not trying to. It's, this is the way it goes. But, but he's not that kind of guy, right? He's the kind of guy who's trying to get rich off poor people, which is not good. And so he's many terrible things. He, he, he's a jerk. He's a liar. Because uh, he could say whatever he wanted about your money and you had to pay it or you would end up in prison or a slave. He's a thief. He's a con. Um, he, he lived in the loophole. People are always looking for a loophole. Uh, what I find is people who live in the loophole end up being pretty evil. Yep. So he lived in the loophole. He found this one loophole where he could get around taxes and he could get rich off poor people. And he lived there. That was his spot. And uh, he's a criminal because he's a thief. And just because the government said it was okay doesn't mean it was okay. He was indeed a thief. And some scholars say that he would be looked at as a terrorist. He would be looked at as a terrorist. He struck fear in the people that he saw because he demanded so much of them. He'd be looked at as a terrorist. And worst of all, he's short. I'm just kidding. That was a joke. He is short, but <laughs> no offense to short people. Um, but hear this out. Hear this out. That is who he used to be. Say used to be. Used to be. Come on. That is who he used to be. Zacchaeus is a used to be. Go ahead and write that down. Zacchaeus was a used to be. And this might sound kind of funny, but I think it'll make sense as we talk about it. Zacchaeus was a used to be. See, you probably already guessed it, but Zacchaeus' life gets transformed by Jesus in this story we're about to go through. His life gets transformed by Jesus. 
And it's important that you see who he used to be. It's important that I paint this kind of ugly picture of him because it's an accurate picture, but you need to know how bad he was. Otherwise, you might sit here tonight and go, man, I'm worse. You're not worse than this guy. Come on. You're not worse than this guy. You're not further gone from Christ than this guy. That's not even a thing, right? So, so you have just as much hope in Christ. Your life can be changed just as dramatically because of Jesus as Zacchaeus right here in this story. That's right. Because Zacchaeus is a used-to-be. And, and the Bible is full of used-to-bes. Mm-hmm. You look at the story of Gideon. Gideon used to be a coward. And then he became a mighty warrior, a mighty man of valor. You look at um, Elisha. Elisha used to be a farmer, and God made him an amazing prophet. He used him as his mouthpiece. You look at, you look at Moses. Moses used to be a, a baby sent down the river to hopefully live, and he ends up being a hero to God's people. See, the Bible's full of used-to-be's, and right here tonight at this church in this room, this room is full of used-to-be's. That's right. It's full of used-to-be's. Me right here, you're looking at me as a pastor, and, and some of you, it's funny when people, I was at, uh, someone in our church had someone die today unexpectedly in their home, and so we were there ministering to them and, and just trying to be around. A lot of people there I didn't know, and the family introduces me as Pastor Gabe, and instantly people, you know, kind of straighten up, apologize for cussing, like they do, like all these things, like, oh, he's a pastor, we got to really adjust, you know? And, and you look at me as a pastor, and, and you might look at me as someone of, of respect, and, and, and that, that's all fine, that's all good, but if you would have met me in high school, uh-huh. I was so bad. Like, like I I was like tearfully evil. I'm a used to be. I'm a used to be. That's who I used to be. I used to be a jerk. I used to take advantage of of girls. I used to be someone who was two-faced. I used to be a liar. I used to be untrustworthy. But because of Jesus, my life gets transformed. I find purpose and I find hope and I can live my life to honor and glorify God. And, and people now who meet me, they don't define me by who I used to be. They define me by who I am in Christ. Yep. You guys getting it? Making sense? So this is a room, this is a church, and this is a story full of used-to-be's. And, and, and that's where we're going. You see, it's what Jesus does. It's what Jesus does. He takes us from wherever we are, and he transforms us to be a product of himself. A product, we say here, a product of the truth. He transforms us to become a product of the truth, a product of himself. Church is like a factory of change. Mm-hmm. This room is supposed to be like a factory of change. We come in here beat up. We come up here with addictions. We come in here broken down. We come in here without hope. We come in here uh, experiencing abuse and neglect. We come in here um, experiencing loss, and we find Jesus. And when we find Jesus, we find hope. That's right. We find a home. We find help, we find a future, we find a destiny, we find a purpose, all because of Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, things start to change. That's right. Things start to change. Now, some of you are in here and you're like, man, things aren't changing a whole lot. Give it time. You, you keep pressing in, you keep spending time in God's word, you keep sitting under preaching from God's word, you keep worshiping God. He's changing you day by day by day. We're a room full of used-to-be's. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you don't need to turn there. I'll just be there real quick. It'll be on the screen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That the moment you have a relationship with Christ, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You're being transformed. You're being changed. You are made new. You are literally, as this verse says, a new creation because you have Jesus Christ. See, See, some of you have already experienced this. You've already experienced life transformation because of Jesus. You've already experienced going from who you used to be to who you're becoming. And it gets exciting, doesn't it? For those of you in here that are like on that journey where you're going from who you used to be to who you're going to be, like you're not there yet, but you're already liking the direction. Anyone with me? Can I get like an amen? Amen. Okay, awesome. Cool. Just want to make sure you're all still with me. Uh, so, So you're on that journey. Maybe you used to be a liar, but through Jesus, you now seek truth. Maybe you used to be addicted to a substance to some drug, maybe you used to be addicted to a person. Can I hear your name into that, right? Addicted to a person, addicted to the likes, addicted to what people thought of you, addicted to an idea, addicted to a dream, but through Jesus you're free. Maybe you used to be a jerk, but through Jesus you found a little bit of nice inside of you. Anyone in here, that, that's you? I used to be a jerk and I found out I had an ounce of nice. Uh, that's nice. Um, maybe some of you used to be depressed. You used to be depressed, but through Jesus, you're finding joy and satisfaction. That doesn't mean that you never experience depression again. It doesn't mean you never have a moment where you're overcome, but through Jesus, you're experiencing victory. You're walking away from depression. You're walking with Jesus towards hope. That's right. You with me in this? So, so there's so many things that we used to be. Maybe you used to be living a life with no purpose. Right? Maybe, maybe you wouldn't be like, well, I, I didn't really struggle with all those crazy things you're talking about, but maybe you were living a life with no purpose, and, and your purpose was to make a lot of money. I would call that a life with no purpose. Your purpose was to get a lot of fame. I would call that a life with no purpose. Your purpose was to go to a nice school to impress everyone. I would call that a life with no purpose, because the moment you achieve it is the moment you're done. When you're following Christ, your life is filled with purpose, because you have purpose every day that you live, and you have purpose in eternity forever. It's a life with purpose. And so you you come in without purpose, you come in going through wherever you want, and then all of a sudden through Jesus, you're pursuing something greater. Some of you come in distracted by life and confused, but you see Jesus and you get some clarity. You get some clarity. It's one of my great joys as a pastor, truthfully, just to to watch people from day one to where they are now. It really is one of my, my great joys to see someone walk in and, and remember some of those conversations and remember going, man, they're so messed up. That They've been through so much. And then just week after week, month after month, year after year, and God is just doing a work. Jesus is transforming them. And they become powerful and amazing. And there's so many testimonies of people in this room. It's one of my... My great joys, they come in with hurts, abuse, loss, rejection, failure, and they find hope. They come in with nothing. Maybe you're here tonight and you feel like you have nothing. You have very little friends. You have very little guidance from your parents and your teachers. You have very little purpose. You have very little destiny. And you find everything when you find Christ. You come in with destructive habits like drugs and friends and laziness and you find good disciplines. Mm -hmm. See, some of you are still what you don't want to be. And you hear all this and you're like, that's great, he must be talking to everyone else but me. 
right? You're still who you don't want to be, and you're like, that's great. I want to get there tonight. I just want you to hear that Jesus died on a cross so many of you can leave that person behind and be made new and have your life transformed through Jesus. Amen? Amen. You with me? Amen. All of us here tonight can take an honest look at ourselves and point out some areas of sin. Mm-hmm. If I, some of you might be in here like, no, I'm good. Like, everything's straight. I'm pretty set. No worries here. And if I could sit down over a coffee with you for 45 minutes, I think I could dig up some dark secrets. That's right. And I think you would feel really exposed by the end of that time. You'd be drinking your coffee as fast as you could. <laughs> some of you have had that conversation with me. Um, <laughs> I can't do that with all of you. A lot of you wouldn't even let me. But... You can do that on your own, and it doesn't take 45 minutes and a cup of coffee. A lot of you right now in one second, you were able to point out some terrible things. That's right. See, we're all messed up. We all experience some of this, and you might go, I I still am stuck in my habit. I still am hung up on this drug. I still am in sin. I still am whatever. You can fill in that blank for yourself, but as we live life through Jesus, those things can go away, but oftentimes, and this is just the truth, and maybe this isn't you yet, but you definitely know this person. The more they experience those hurts, maybe it's abuse, maybe it's depression, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's confusion, maybe it's, it's I don't know what it is for everyone, but the more they experience those hurts, the more that kind of just cycles through the, their life, they begin to be defined by those. Have you met that person? Have you met the person that as you talk about them and other people talk about them, they go, yeah, you know that girl, that girl that's always sad? And how do they define her? They didn't define her by, by her, her beauty. They didn't define her by her smile. They didn't even define her by her skin color. They said, you know the girl that's always sad? It becomes defining. It becomes something distinguishing. As we talk about distinguishing marks, and, and you go, yeah, you know that guy. You know that guy that always lies? You know that guy that, that he, he's like dated like 20 girls at school? You know that guy. Or, 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 or you, know, you know that person, he's the guy that always has the drugs. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, and, and these become distinguishing marks, and you begin to be defined by these things. And sometimes it's things that you're doing, but sometimes it's things that you're feeling. Sometimes it's things that you're just going through, and the more you do it, the more you get defined by it. For some of you, it's way less spiritual than that. You're like, oh, you know that guy. You know that guy that never passes his classes? Yeah. You know that girl? You know that girl who doesn't care what she looks like? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and these become distinguishing marks. Now, now, at Trademark, we have four distinguishing marks that we're going for, but oftentimes in life, if you're not paying attention, if you're not submitting to Jesus, your distinguishing marks can become so many negative things. Mm-hmm. They can be some, so many terrible things, and Jesus wants to transform you to become a product of himself, to become a product of the greatest man who ever lived, God in flesh, Jesus Christ all-loving, all-knowing, and you're made in his image, and he wants to transform you through your hurt, through your pain, through whatever you've been through, through your sin, through your stupid choices and your stupid friends and your stupid relationships, and through all the things that have happened to you, and he wants to transform you to become a product of himself. Jesus, you can write this down, Jesus transforms us from who we are to who we are. You were created to be. He transforms us from who we are to who we are created to be. See, see, maybe you don't even think this way, but when you were created by God, he created you with a purpose. He created you with a purpose. 
He created you with, with hope and with something in front of you. He created you with a plan. And oftentimes in life, we get messed up, we get tripped up by things that we're doing, and we start being defined by those things, and we stop being defined by our creator, and Jesus is in the business of transforming us back to who he is, to become a product of him. See, the goal of following Jesus is not like a self-help book. Have you ever read a self-help book? Anyone ever read that? No? A few of them? Okay. I I used to be really into self-help books. Um, It's not like a self-help book. It's not like a diet. Anyone ever been on a diet? Okay. Hands are not going up high tonight. And have you ever been on a workout program? Okay, oh right. The workout program's like, yes, we have. Right now. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Right? Like, okay. The goal is not to give you some better distinguishing life marks for your life. That's not the goal of church. I'm not trying to, to guide you through Pastor Gabe's self self-help program. That's not what we're doing here. People get church mixed up like that, and they're like, oh, I just feel better after church. That's not what we're doing here, right? It's so much bigger than that. The goal is that your only distinguishing mark is Jesus, that your only distinguishing mark is Jesus. Some of you have already got this, and you're, you're like, yeah, that girl, that girl that's like a super Christian, that girl that's like always at church, you know that girl, that girl that doesn't cuss, you know that guy, that guy that like won't date anyone, <laughs> right? Like he's cute, but he won't go near the girls. What's up with that, right? Like you, you know that you know that guy that goes to church like three times a week. That's wild. You know that guy like he has that that weird holy Bible book thing, right? Like you know that person, and all of a sudden you have a distinguishing mark, and it's changing. And some of you are like that sounds like a terrible distinguishing mark. Yeah, I, I get it. I hear you. I hear you. And when I was in high school, I didn't want to be known for any of those things. Like, I didn't want to be known for any of those things, and I'm a pastor's kid. <laughs> but you, you begin to see this, and, and, and our goal is that your only distinguishing mark is Jesus. And, and when he becomes the mark of, of who you are, things will begin to change. Things will begin to change because all of a sudden your life is correctly all about Jesus. See, when we say it's all about Jesus, we're not just saying Wednesday nights at 7 to, to 8.15 are all about Jesus. We're saying every moment of every single day of our lives, it's all about Jesus. That's right. When we go to school, it's all about Jesus. When we eat, it's all about Jesus. When we're hanging out with our friends, it's all about Jesus. Everything we do is all about Jesus. That's where we're going with this. Not a self-help book, not a 10 steps to a thinner waist, to Jesus. To Jesus. The story keeps going in verse 3. If you want to go back, Luke 19, verse 3. Let's, let's see what happens when Zacchaeus meets Jesus. In verse 3 it says, And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. Another distinguishing mark you just don't want as a man, you know? He was a, a wee little man. <laughs> we used to sing that song, actually. For those of you who haven't been in church, this would be weird, but... When I was a kid growing up, we used to sing weird worship songs. Not like we did tonight. Those are cool. But weird ones where we used to go, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. For the Lord. Oh, man, they're going super Christians. Give it up for the super Christians. Yeah. Church has gotten so much better. Amen? <laughs> wow. Imagine coming to youth group and we're like, all right, everyone. Zacchaeus. Oh, man. Woo. We need more than two leaders. Um, 
So he's a short guy. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Sorry, I got distracted. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. So you can picture there's crowds everywhere. Jesus is walking by. It's like he's like, I got to see this guy. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. I mean, how exciting, a celebrity. Okay. Um, and when they saw it, who's they? I mean, I mean, plug in whoever you want to be they. I don't say that a lot about the Bible. But, but who is they? I mean, they could be your parents. Right? They, they could be your best friend. They, they could be the person you invited tonight. They could be your Instagram. They could be people you don't even know. But they annoying. Um, and when they saw it, they all grumbled. And he said, and said, he has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Like, how could he? How could he? And Zacchaeus stood and said to the, said to the Lord, you know, stop. That's another thing as a church we're trying to be. We, we talk, that's kind of authentic relationships. But we, we don't want this to be a room just full of Christians. I mean, that's the goal eventually, but they don't all start that way. Everyone's welcome here. And maybe I just need to say that. That's not in my notes or anything, but maybe some of you are like, well, I would invite my friend, but they just would never fit in. Not here. That's right. I, I would invite my friend, but, but she's gay. No, invite her. Right? Now, now we're going to hold true to God's word. You guys know that who have been here for a while. We don't play. But invite them. Invite them. Everyone is welcome in this room. Yes. This is not a secret message. This is not a message only for the goody-good kids. This is, this is a message for everyone. So invite everyone. We don't ever want to come across as that church. Ever. That includes Sunday mornings. Everyone's welcome here. Jesus hung out with some sinners. Eight. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. We already know he, he defrauded most of the people he knew. And we know that he was a rich man. We don't have the numbers here, but he likely just made himself a servant. Yeah. He got rid of everything plus because he met Jesus. And all of a sudden it wasn't about money. And all of a sudden it wasn't about providing for himself. His life had real purpose. And his purpose was beyond himself. His purpose was other people. And so he's just trying to make it right. All right, I'll give it back and I'll get fourfold. Anyone I've defrauded. And Jesus said to him, today, Salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, that's a way to say Jesus. So the Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. See, see you have to turn to the source to be truly changed. 
Which is why self-help books might be helpful, but they don't actually get it done. You have to go to the source. You have to go to the source of truth, capital T, truth, Jesus. You have to go to the source of love. God is love. You go straight to Jesus. You have to go to the source if you want your life changed, if you want to become a used to be. That's only through Jesus. Zacchaeus couldn't get there on his own. He could only get there because of Jesus. He could only get there because Jesus invited him in. He could only get there through Jesus. He gets up in this tree just to see him, just to get a glimpse of him. And and some of you are here tonight and you're finally in the right place. Like you're finally, maybe you weren't even trying to find the right place. But, but, but maybe you're just here to, to get a two-liter. Maybe you're just here because you're like, oh, hang out with my friend. That sounds cool. Like, like, but you're finally in the right place, and you've been trying so many different things, and you've been trying to please yourself and please everyone around you with good grades. You've been trying to please yourself and everyone around you with, with athletic ability. You've been trying to please yourself and everyone around you by looking the part, by playing the part, by saying the right thing, by dressing the right way. And and you're finally in the right spot. You're finally where you can experience Jesus, where you can hear the truth of his word, where you can go to the source of truth and the source of love and be fully changed. Lives are transformed through Jesus and Jesus alone. Through Jesus and Jesus alone. And as Zacchaeus spends time with Jesus, he goes from becoming what he used to be. He goes from a thief to someone who is crazy generous. He goes from someone who was a liar to someone who's brutally honest. (laughs) Yeah, I defrauded a lot of people and I'm gonna give fourfold. He just lays it all out there. He goes from someone who was a sinner, who who was going to hell to save, who would spend eternity with Jesus. He goes from someone who used to be a lot of terrible things and now has life and purpose and hope and a home in Jesus. That's what happens when you meet Jesus. Your life gets transformed through him. So so my challenge to you guys as we start to wrap this up is become a used to be. Become a used to be. Like it doesn't sound great at all. I know, I told you I'm not trying to sell you anything, right? Just become a used to be. Let Jesus transform Form your life. Spend time in, in his church. Sp- spend time with his people. Some of you, where you spend your time is the problem. And, and you need to just adjust where you spend your time. You need to spend time in God's house. Maybe that's here. Maybe that's another church that you go to. But you need to spend time in God's house. Some of you, you surround yourself with idiots and you wonder why you're an idiot. You need to surround yourself with God's people. Some of you, you struggle with lust and you surround yourself with a bunch of guys who are always pointing out all these lustful things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, why do I struggle with this so much? Because your friends are stupid. Amen. You, 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 you struggle with just doing the right thing in school, just, just focusing and keeping your head down and getting good grades. And then you hang out with a bunch of people who are doing the exact terrible thing. And you're like, man, why am I grade slipping? All your friends' grades are slipping. So, so stop spending time with people who aren't leading where you want to go, who aren't living the way you need to live, who aren't following Jesus, and start spending time. Get some authentic relationships around Jesus, around Jesus' people. You need to spend time in God's Word. 
you need to spend time, even if it's just a verse or two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes a day, just reading this book, just studying God's word. And when you decide to live life through, through Jesus, you get transformed. You get transformed and, and you become a used to be. You become a used to be. And, and I wish, this is hard for me. There's times I wish you guys knew me in high school. And there's times I wish you didn't, or I'm glad you didn't. But, but there's, I still bump in, I tell people all the time because I went to Valley View and I'm 30. So, so I've been out of high school for a while, but I still bump into people who haven't seen me since high school. And they're like, hey, Gabe, <laughs> what's up, man? What are you doing with your life? And I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. They're like, <laughs> you always were so funny. Like, I'm dead serious, man. <laughs> like, I'm a pastor. I went to Bible college. I live my whole life dedicated to God. They're like, nah, man, what are you doing for real? Like, no, nah, that's real. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You can look, look me up online. Like, here's a business. I don't know. Like, I'm a pastor. And they literally are go like, I've never, I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed. Because you were so, I was so far away from that. I was so far away from that. That's who I used to be. That's who I used to be, but now I'm a new, I'm a new creation in Christ. My life has purpose, my life has hope. People, here's one thing, this is for me, I mean, people aren't looking down on me, but they're looking up to me. That's amazing when you think about who I was in high school. Just addicted to baseball, doing stupid stuff every weekend. That's a, I'm, I'm a used to be, I, I want you to become a used to be. There's people in here who, you need to become a used to be with your addictions. Maybe that's drugs, maybe that's, that's a relationship, maybe that's porn, I don't know what that is for you, but you need to become a used to be. Don't let that start be defining you. Don't let that be a distinguishing mark for you moving forward. Become a used to be, leave that behind and walk forward with Jesus. Become a used to be. Some of you need to be, become a used to be in your relationships the way you interact with the opposite sex. You need to push that stuff behind you. You need to start thinking about your future. You need to start thinking about your kids. You're like, I'm 12. I know, yeah. wouldn't it be crazy if you were so mature you could think about your kids? Come on. Talk about it used to be. That's good. Like, my son's six. And I, when I disciplined my son a little bit ago, I've already shared this story before, but I disciplined him because he, he got upset or because he, he messed up. He was crying. I said, son, do you know why? Do you know why that happened? Why daddy had to discipline you? And he said, yeah, you can't let me become an evil man. Exactly, right? Like, so he's, he's kind of getting it. I think you can kind of get it. Start thinking long-term. Stop thinking about yesterday or tomorrow. Start thinking long-term. What does God want to do with your life? Get some purpose to you. Get some destiny to you. Start walking in a direction you're proud of. Start walking in a direction that that's gonna honor Christ, that's gonna set you up to have a beautiful life as you just honor God and he loves you and he guides you and his word directs your steps. It doesn't have to be a pastor, it can be so many things. It can be a coach, it can be, it can be a dad, it can be a, a mom, it can be someone who fixes cars, it can be so many things, but it's a life lived for Christ. Start walking in that direction. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and pleased and perfect. Trust him. Trust him. Trust his word. Trust his direction for your life. On your notes, I put there a spot you can fill in. There's, there's not nothing to put on the screen. But what is your use to be? What do you want to leave behind? And how do you want Jesus to transform you moving forward? I'd like you to take 30 seconds and write something right there, right now. No one's going to look at this. I'm not going to ask you to share. Put in something that you want to be, a use to be for you. And how you want Jesus to transform you. Where you want to go with this. Trademark is to be a place where lives are transformed through Jesus. Every week, week after week. Yeah. Every week, week after week, right here, lives are being transformed through Jesus. And, and, and some lives are desperately broken, and you've been through a lot. And I, I know most of you really well, and you've been through some stuff. And some of you might be in here and you're like, I haven't been through that much. It doesn't matter. Jesus will take the most, most broken, shattered person and make them new. And he'll take someone who feels like they're barely off track and he'll make them new too. Jesus isn't just into big projects. He'll take even the, the seemingly like insignificant thing and he'll work on you and he'll mold you. Sometimes it's even harder. Yeah. It's even harder to work through someone who's just a little off. Come on. But let Jesus transform you. We... we we're all here tonight as broken people just being transformed through Jesus. We're just broken people being transformed through Jesus. This room is full of used-to-be's. And, and we're looking for more of them. Yep. We want a, more chairs full of used-to-be's. That's the goal. Yeah. That's the goal. That's why we're inviting everyone. That's why we're telling them this truth. Amen? Amen? Amen. Can I hear you? Amen? Amen. 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 Why don't you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you, and we'll dismiss. Jesus, we, we thank you that you're in the business of changing people, that you really do transform us to be like you. You transform us because you love us. You transform us because you call us to something greater. You give us purpose and hope. You give us a home. You help us, Lord. Lord, Lord help each person in here, God, as their, their mind is, is dealing with this in their own way, that they're, they're taking these words and they're they're putting these, these notes down, but God, speak directly to them. Speak right to them and reveal where they need to grow. Reveal the things that need to be left behind, that need to be a part of their used-to-be story. And God, at the same time, as you begin to just push those things aside, Lord, show them the amazing things you have for them. Lord, everyone in this room, I pray that you would just help them to trust you day after day, or that they wouldn't 
that they would just grow slowly but surely, that they would just keep showing up and trusting you, that they would begin to spend time in prayer and begin to spend time in your word and begin to spend time worshiping you, God, and, and, and day after day, week after week, month after month, God, that their life would be transformed through Jesus. We thank you that you still are changing lives and we desperately need you to change ours and so many others. Help us, remind us how much you love us, encourage us along the way, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen, amen. I love you, have a great week. Don't forget, Unite Night Tuesday. Keep bringing friends, see you next week.